Welcome to Coaching the Coach. I'm your host, Pete Townley, for the Upstate Performance Project. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is episode number 150. Kind of a milestone, you know, 150 episodes. Now, there's actually been like 153 or four, maybe five or six. Um, I've done some side episodes, some story time episodes. Um, but of coaching the coach, you know, under this format, this is number 150. And uh, we are super proud of that. But it also coincides with something we're even more proud of our four year anniversary. The Upstate Performance Project opened their doors October 1st of 2017. And we've made it four years, which, you know, in a business where fitness professionals, about 80% drop out after after the first year of either trying to be a personal trainer or uh, opening their business. And there's a lot of reasons for that. But so we're very excited that we've made it four years, not, not to say that we're done and not to say we can put it on cruise control and we've got our career for the rest of our lives. We still have to work at it. There's no guarantees. We know that. But we've been very proud of what we've been able to accomplish. There's been some good things, some bad things, some successes and failures. Some things we're really, really proud of. And then some ideas that we still haven't even touched on yet because we're just still working towards that. So what I wanted to do in this episode was, you know, not just self-congratulate ourselves on, you know, all of our accomplishments. Rather, Look at a few things that we have done that have, that were instrumental in, in, in letting us keep going where we're going and keep shooting for our, our big goals, right? And so these are things that I think are going to be helpful for you if you're trying to start your own business. Uh, a few things that we've done, a few, few things that we've been able to put out, uh, decisions we made that were bad and good so that you can avoid some of those bad ones and and uh, maybe replicate some of the good ones. Uh, it's just, it's all anecdotal today. You know, it's just listen, and hopefully you, you can pick something up. Even if you're not in the fitness industry, some of these uh, ideas might help. So just a very, very brief background. Chelsea and I both met at the YMCA. We were both uh, on the wellness staff there. Um, she started out as a personal trainer, moved up to a wellness specialist, which was kind of a full-time position in the wellness uh, department. Uh, I was a director, which uh, was over the wellness specialist. Now, she was at a different branch than I was uh, in those roles. And we would have these meetings and we would talk about, you know, all of these great things that the Y is able to do and and their mission and and all that, which is what drew us to the Y in the first place. But the, the, the long and short of it was Chelsea and I both did not like the fact that we were kind of behind the desk most of the time. We tried to do things that we could get out there. We had each a couple clients, but our main jobs were were administration type jobs. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's kind of what we wanted. We moved into that and then found that that was not us. And, and that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. We didn't fail at it. It was just something we weren't happy with. Um, and when we talked, we started talking, you know, in these meetings about what, what a gym would look like, what, what our perfect scenario would be. Because we knew owning the gym 
or running a gym, you'd still have to do a lot of administrative work, but we were also going to be the ones that were hands-on at the same time. And so that's kind of where we uh, wanted to aim for or look, you know, look at doing. And you know, when it when it came time for us to really put pen to paper and, and make this a reality, you know, some of the things that helped us get the ball rolling, and this is kind of like number one of the things that I think are super important that you need to do. And, and some of these things I've talked about in other podcasts in terms of like, you know, getting really deep into these specific ideas. And I'll reference some of the podcasts here in a minute. Um, so you can go back and listen to those. But one of the one, one of the things I think you have to do when you start off, and, and you've heard me, especially in the beginning, I started out this podcast series talking about this in great detail. So you can go back to the first maybe 10 to 15 podcasts and you'll hear me talk about this a lot. And that is coming up with your philosophy, coming up with your mission, coming up with a vision. And all of these things, if you go to any business, whenever you're going through an orientation, you learn about the vision, you learn about the mission statement, uh, taking a business class or even a sports management you know, class or anything like that, I'm sure that you've had some introduction to vision statements, mission statements, um, philosophies, and things like that. And I have to tell you, just four years in, and I've said it before, but I'm, I'm reiterating it here on our commemorative episode here, uh, having a philosophy and a direct mission statement is paramount to your success. So first of all, the first thing we did was sit down and kind of chart out what we wanted that to be. Now, I'll get more into detail into that in just a second, but the, the really the first thing we did, and the first thing I would definitely encourage you to do, is write out your business plan. Now, I've talked about the business plan before in several episodes. Um, I was going back to try to find which episodes they were, and I didn't label them as clearly as I should have, but when I find them, I will let you know. But I talked about, you know, three, five-year plans, you know, charting out what you want to do. But a lot of that included like the SWOT analysis, strengths, um, you know, weaknesses, obstacles. What you're gonna, what you're gonna face uh, when you're proposing this to either try to get a business loan or to try to get a um, a business loan from a bank or, or or a personal loan, you know, from you know a family member. You know, but you have a business plan, something that's thought out. Not that, you know, it's just, hey, we want to open a business. It's going to be personal training and sports performance, and this is the money we need for our equipment. It has to be, here's what we're charging per session and why. Here's what the market is right now. Here's how many gyms are in this market. Here's what sets us apart. Here's how why, Here's how we think we'll be successful because we are going to address these weaknesses uh, in the system, and here's the strengths of our plan. Here's some obstacles that we will see, and you know what our plan is for overcoming those obstacles. And so, if you put together a strong business plan, that not only helps kind of define and set you up, but it helps you look at how you're going to fit into the space. Because if you just, you know what, I love personal training. I want to open up my own studio, and I just go for it. The problem is, you might run into <laughs> the fact that you don't know anything about bookkeeping or you don't know anything about doing your taxes for your business. You don't know anything about uh, 
you know, really the community you're in and if it's a saturated market or if it's something that's really needed in that market. Um, you know, I, we've used the, uh, the example before. One of the things that I dislike about CrossFit's model, although just let me, let me be clear, it is very successful. So, you know, I, I may be the minority here and it's not a knock on CrossFit's methodology. This is one of the things that I totally understand why they did it. I just disagree is when they set up their affiliates all over, they didn't really have a whole lot of parameters of, you know, where, in other words, anyone could open one up and that's a great accessibility. Um, and so that's probably why they did that. But the problem is it, it became oversaturated. And like, I remember at some point here, hearing a stat, and, I, and this is here in, in upstate South Carolina, I'm not sure if this is exactly 100% accurate, but there were somewhere in the mid 40s uh, numbers of CrossFits just in the upstate, which, you know, I think the upstate has a population of about 400, 500,000. A lot of people. So it's, it's a populated area. But 45, 46, 47 CrossFits seemed like a lot. And what was this CrossFit offering that this one wasn't? They weren't really setting themselves apart, right? And that was six years ago. And most of those, well, I wouldn't say most of those, a lot of those are gone now. There's not that many now. Uh, and, and again, that's not to say that those CrossFits were bad or those business owners were bad or anything about CrossFit itself is bad. It just meant that the market didn't need that many. And some cannibalized each other and, you know, one would close, you know, and take on the members of another one. So again, it's not, not nothing about CrossFit being bad, just the market maybe was oversaturated with that. So if you came in in 2017, 18 and wanted to start your own CrossFit, you're going to have some stiff competition just because they were, there were tons that were already established for several years. Not to say that it couldn't be done, not to say that you shouldn't try if that's your passion, but your business plan helps you understand where you can fit in. So, you know, we looked at what we wanted to do, sports performance. And there are other gyms here that do sports performance, but there was no one that was gonna do things the way we had set it up. And I'm not gonna get into our business plan and exactly what we did, but the idea was we had some ideas that people were not doing in town. Guaranteed, we're not doing. Uh, we knew this, uh, we researched it, and we knew that we were unique and that our idea, we believed in strongly. And so we put that into our business plan. So that that sets us up then to then, okay, let's, let's find this um, in this business plan. We need to have that philosophy and that mission statement. And again, that's gonna help seal the deal but it's also going to help you filter every idea you have, every decision you make into a better, more um, thought out plan. So in other words, if you have a philosophy and you're trying to dis decide what to do next with your business or how to grow, you filter it through your philosophy. And, and can you change your philosophy? Sure, and I, as I mentioned in a podcast earlier this week, or, or, or late last week, we'll talk about how to change your philosophy and, and when, you know, if you need to do that. That's definitely something that, you know, can happen and, and, you know, maybe should happen to some degree based on, you know, your experience and what you've learned. But what, what I'm talking about today is if you are looking at 
building your business and you need a foundation, once you have your business plan, once you've done the research in your area and what you what's going to set you apart and how you're going to go about it, how you're going to go about marketing, once you've figured that out, which again, you just need to do your research, do your homework in the area where you're going to be, that mission statement and that that the philosophy that you come up with will serve as your filter to run all of your decisions through. And when you do that, you'll have a much uh, more direct and much more guided way to achieve your goals. As I've said before, simply put, our philosophy is education. We strongly believe in educating our clients to become self-sufficient. Self-sufficient through strength training, right? We want our clients not only to be able to come in and do, you know, put be able to put together programs for themselves and progress themselves along. And we, we want that because we want them to have the opportunity to feel confident and capable that they can do this. And yes, from a business standpoint, you might think, well, they're going to leave if they can do it themselves, but they'll refer people. And we, and we rely on that. We rely on that word of mouth and that's how we've built it up. But that's directly into our philosophy. You know, our tagline, wake up, work up, move up has a much broader meaning than just a catchy, you know, uh, uh, tagline. And I, and I admit, when, when Chelsea came up with that tagline, the tagline wasn't directly meant to, to signify this philosophy, but as soon as she said it, as soon as she said, wake up, work up, move up, I was like, oh, wait a minute, that fits perfectly with this whole vision that we have, which is we want to strengthen the individual, we kind of want to wake them up, we want them to work up to a point where they feel confident in themselves. They can put things together themselves. They know what they're doing. They're becoming more capable people that kind of influence that community. So other new members that come into the gym. Now, you know, there's some you know senior leaders or senior exercisers, we'll say, in, in your gym that people look up to because they've done it. They've been there. They've put the time in and they're getting the results. And then, you know, we move up and we impact society as a whole in healthcare and health, um, uh, the health of our communities. We make that impact. Maybe we go out and volunteer. Or people see what we do in terms of strengthening our bodies and making sure we're healthy and eating the right things and all these things. And you influence. And when you do that, you can have an impact on your community. And then that impacts society as a whole. And yes, it's a somewhat grandiose idea, but guess what? You know. You only got one body, right? We got to take care of it. And now more than ever, we need to, you know, really make sure that we're taking care of our bodies and, and decreasing risk factors for a lot of different things. Okay. So this, this wake up, work up, move up, I'm wearing the t-shirt right now, um, has really hit home for us. And it's really been a solid tagline to represent our overall mission. And our mission, we stay on mission by taking our philosophy of education and educating our clients on what we're doing, why we're doing it, and how we're going to do it, and how you can learn how to do it yourself. And we notice that when they do that, there's better buy-in because they understand, even when stuff gets hard, that it serves a purpose. And it's more palatable for them to take and push themselves through when they know exactly how they're going to, what the benefit will be for doing what we're asking them to do. So again, that's kind of number one. You know, that's where we started with our philosophy. That's where we started with, you know, our mission statement, our business plan to kind of set us up. And then, you know, we, the next thing that we did 
that I'd say was super impactful, super, um, uh, you know, not, not just unique. Again, I'm not trying to get into our specific business plan, what was good about our business. I'm trying to say what, what are the steps that we took that took us to that next level. And I think the next big thing um, was to reevaluate. Again, I, you hear me talk about this all the time. I talked about it in just the very last podcast. You're always reevaluating, reassessing either you yourself or your business or, or whatever, your plan for that one in, 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 uh, individual client. doesn't matter. The reason you want to do this is because you might have to change course. We've talked about change the last few podcasts. One of the things that we looked at that, that took us from point A to point B um, was we op- when we opened, one of our big things, one of our biggest um, avenues was going to be sports performance. We wanted to train teams, like full teams, kind of like a being a strength coach at a college like I was or high school or something like that. We wanted that. We wanted to have big groups and train big groups at the time, which is why we had a large space downtown paying a crap ton of rent for on Main Street. Um, Now, it was great visibility in hindsight, and that probably helped us grow, but when we went out to get some of those contracts and we we hustled to get some, and we got some, most of them, in fact, all of them, all all but one, all but one, um, wanted us to come to them. And so it's turned into, we had this huge overhead. The gym was awesome looking. We loved that space. It'll always hold a a place in our hearts because it was our first space and it was exactly what we wanted, exactly what we wanted. But we realized that, you know, although we had a kick-ass space, we were killing ourselves in overhead and there was no parking. There's there's a lot of issues that you know made that space not fit for our mission, right? Because our mission, or not our mission, our our um, our plan of attack. Because in the plan of attack, we wanted to have these teams, but now we had the teams, but we were at their facilities. So why did it make sense for us to um, retain such a large building for that? And we figure what we could do is we could downsize the actual physical space to make it big enough to just do the personal training that we were also you know, doing, which was very successful. But we wouldn't have that huge overhead. We could funnel that money back into the business and buy more equipment and you know, do more things, buy more shirts, buy more, you know, just reinvest it into the business. And that's exactly what we did. And, and as soon as we made that switch, I'm telling you, within three or four months, we had probably added 50, eh, maybe more like 20, 25% to our personal training and we'd picked up a couple more teams. And so the thought was we we made that decision to move to a smaller location. And at first it may look like we were, oh, well, we couldn't make it in this big location. We had to step back. And I admit, you know, cash flow wise, it was pretty tight when we were in that big building. Now, had we had all of those teams coming here, we would have just said, well, you know, we knew that it was gonna be tight, but we have all the teams and this is why we wanted the space for these teams. Well. Again, the teams, it was just easier for us to travel to them and them to travel us. And that was not something we thought about when we did our um, our business plan, right? So we had to adjust. We had to change that whole model. Like, we can come to you. What did that do, though? That that changed, you know, uh, how we run our evenings. You know, if, if, if Chelsea's at soccer or if I'm at soccer or if 
you know, I was going down to Erskine College for a while, um, you know, training their some of their teams. And, you know, we've done a lot of these teams where we've gone out and, and gone to the communities. And that meant that the other person had to pick up a lot of slack. And so it started to change things of how we ran our personal training, which was fine. But again, it was a conscious decision to create more cash flow. And so what I'm what I'm getting at is when you get to a point in your business where it has led you in one direction or another, whether it was your original intent or not, you do need to reflect and kind of look at how you can still achieve your philosophy and your goal uh, and your mission. But can you do that if you're being held back? So for example, with our big, huge space that we are paying a lot of money for per month in rent, could we continue to, to, to achieve our mission? And probably not. We probably would have run into a, a point where, you know, cash flow was so tight we just couldn't grow. And if things started to break, like equipment or, you know, anything like that, or if we lost any members, it could be very detrimental to the future of the business. So this was a decision we made, but it was a decision based on our, what's the right word? The, the, the layout or the, the, it's not the layout, the, uh, how, how, the, how the plan unfolded um, was different than what we thought in our, in our mission. So if we had been stubborn and said, no, 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 we have this space, we want people here. We, we designed it specifically to mimic a college weight room and, and we love it. But it, it wasn't working. It wasn't working because it wasn't good. It's just that those teams wanted us to come to them, which actually in hindsight made more sense. But that's a, something we learned and we made that decision to say goodbye to our big, beautiful space, but it made all the difference. We had more cash flow to do more things, uh, to buy more equipment, to upgrade you know, what we could do in our space, but then allowed us to, you know, uh, to go to these teams and, and have only one person back at the gym. It, it just opened up so many doors. So you have to be ready for those kind of big decisions. But again, you make those decisions by filtering them through your philosophy and your mission statement. And can you, how are you gonna to continue to do both? Well, we probably wouldn't have been able to do both in our old space. It would have been too expensive and to, to maintain such a large space, especially with one of us gone to train these teams. So it just wouldn't have worked long-term. We may have made it another couple years in that space, but if we hadn't grown, and we may not have been able to grow without that cash flow, because that cash flow also helped us, you know, uh, buy some equipment, which we feel helped us advertise a little bit better, and we, we have reaped the benefits, we'll say. So again, just to kind of recap, you know, you, you need to have a solid foundation, uh, a business plan, a philosophy, you got to do those things. Those have been instrumental. You have to be able to to adjust and and reevaluate. And when you do that, using that philosophy and mission statement to make sure you head in the right direction, because it's easy to get distracted and say you want to do this, 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 and this, or go buy this cool equipment. And, you know, but does that help? Is that going to help bring you new revenue? Is it going to help just because you like the machine or you think it looks cool? And does having all this extra cool equipment really help or is it just for looks and maybe the looks help you know you have to evaluate all that but you run that through your philosophy to make sure that you're heading in the right direction because again otherwise you could do all these things that feel right that look right 
but it takes you away from your original vision. And maybe you need to change your vision, and that's okay. We'll talk about that later. But today, I just want to talk about some of the things we did that made a huge impact. Now, here's the biggie in terms of our business. And this is where I think we uh, are very proud. And there's, there's still room for improvement here. But one of the things that I think we have been, done very, very well that you all can do, and that is take care of your clients. And I'm not saying, you know, customers always right, do whatever they say. What I'm saying is listen, adjust, adapt, stay true to yourself, stay true to what you know, stay true to what you know they need. But, but most importantly, listen, talk. Have conversations. I mean, we we got married this summer, Chelsea and I did, and, and a lot. We looked out over our um, our uh, wedding party and wedding, you know, attendees, and a lot large chunk of them, other than family, were gym members, clients, and that that was really important to us. And, and really, we we reflected on that, and that that's one reason why we're still in business. These individuals we've been able to help you know are helping us you know achieve our dreams and it's a mutual thing and that's where it has to be because when you're training someone you can deal in volume and try to have a ton of people and that's great you know you're making some money there but it's hard to get a long-term you know goal and i attribute this to you know things i learned when i was at next level sports performance chad and laura did a great job over there back in Lawrence, Kansas, they have had members that they've had since they opened their doors in 2005. They just had a post, one of their original members and and biggest supporters, someone that they were training even before 2005, before they opened the doors, he passed away, elderly man, but a huge fixture in that community. But it was someone they built a relationship with, not just because they got results, because they did get results. This, This dude was crazy strong. But... It was because they cared. They, they, they became not just friends, but, you know, team. They, they worked together, and, and, and it really was a family. It really is a family. And I think that's what you really need to focus on, right? Because if you are trying to train people and you're trying to make an impact in their lives, you can tell them what to eat. You can tell them what to lift, all of that good stuff. But the thing that makes the most impact, long-term and short-term, is the fact that they know you care. The fact that they know that you have their best interest at heart. And over time, that builds that faith and that community, which also helps to build referrals, you know, word of mouth. We we haven't, you know, intentionally advertised in, in well over two years. And that's because the family and the community we've built. Now we don't have community like, like say using that CrossFit example, like where we have 30 people all working out together and they bond over that. I think that's a great thing. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's one of the biggest appeals of, of group exercise. We don't have that. We, we are definitely much more you know intimate, one-on-one or very small group, and, and that's how we want it. But those members really get attached to us and we get attached to them. We we. We really strive to make impacts in their lives because we get to know them on such a a deep level. And I think that has been 
one of the keys to our success. So again, I'm not saying this is what you have to do in personal training. I'm just highlighting the, the three or four biggest things that we've done that we're really proud of. And I'll say the last thing that I think, you know, we both can look back and say we're pretty proud of this. And, and that's what you guys are listening to right now, this podcast. This has kind of been a pet project of mine over the last few years. Uh, you know, Chelsea's been involved in, in multiple uh, episodes as well and contributed some great ideas. But I feel like one of the things that, that when I look back on some of the things that we've created, some of the things that we've done that have succeeded, one of the things I really hoped for with this podcast was to reach people to get some ideas out there and to hear back. And and I have heard back. Um, you know, we don't have a big podcast. We have a zero budget for the, for the podcast. I don't, you know, I'm not uh, advertised. I don't have a sponsor, you know. And maybe, maybe we will at some point and that, that'd be great. But the idea is I'm just putting this out there as, you know, a love of mine. But I think... As I've been looking back over the last probably two weeks, um, looking through my analytics, um, there have been some episodes that keep popping up and, and it just makes me proud to see them pop up because I think when I look back at what my favorite podcasts or series that I've done on this podcast, over 150 episodes, is, you know, there's some things that sometimes I feel like I, I just walk away, I'm like, man, that was a great one. <laughs> Not that I'm patting myself on the back, but wow, things just really came together. And and the two th- series that I highlight were were the uh, um, behavior change models. And again, I think that's something that Chelsea and I, you know, really focus on when we train clients. And so I, sem- I think it's something central to what we do. So it would make sense that that's what we're very passionate about. But these are episodes like fifty. 6, 57, 55, those episodes, so way back, you know, 100 episodes ago, way back, um, but go back and listen to those, um, there's social cognitive theory, um, trans theoretical model, uh, you know, there, there's several different ones, uh, health belief, I think we did four episodes over these models, and so these are really going to, you know, help you understand how to motivate your clients, but it really was something I was proud of when I put together and I think it helped this podcast, you know, reach reach a, an audience because those were two years ago and they're still in my top 10 downloads. Like not top 10 all time. They are obviously in the all time. But I'm saying the analytics that I get through Podbean that I check daily, it tells me what the, my last 30 days. There's still, a couple of those episodes are still in my top downloaded in the last 30 days, meaning people are still going back and finding use out of those. And the other ones, the ones I'm probably most proud of, um, they probably don't get as much love as the behavior models, but the one that, when, when I sit back and look at what Chelsea and I have accomplished, and when I'm talking about paying things back and getting people into this business to become a better coach, because that's what this whole podcast is about, is episodes um, 110, 111, and 112. And that's where I talked about how to start, how to become a personal trainer with zero dollars, zero experience, zero certifications, nothing. Starting from literal scratch. No money. And how to go about it. Now, 
most of you listening to this are already well beyond that, have some experience or maybe even would have the money to buy a certification. I don't know. But, you know, you always hear these self-help things about, you know, very little money to get started. Well, that very little money is maybe a couple thousand, which in the grand scheme of things may not be much. But if you're just getting started, you may not have that. And so it seems like that barrier of entry is really, really high. And so I wanted to put something together where literally you could get going. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it would take six months. It may take two or three years. But if you're passionate about wanting to be a personal trainer and you don't have any money to get started or any idea of where to get started, how to do it, these three podcasts literally just tell you step-by-step what to do with, with no money. And so those are things that I look back at these analytics and those are the episodes that keep getting a lot of play. You know, my top 30-day um, or my past 30-day outlook Usually it's the top, the, the, the most recent two or three podcasts are at the top because people are listening to those right away. But then the bottom ones are these mid-50s, mid to late 50s episodes and 110, 111, and 112. These are, these are episodes that I keep seeing pop up. And those were some of the ones that I know I put a lot of effort into and a lot of thought behind. And those probably are some of the most meaningful ones that I've done. And, and honestly, those are the ones that keep showing up as resonating with you the listener and so i'm really proud of that um i'm going to end this episode by just saying you know chelsea and i are extremely grateful that we have made it four years in business and we we have a lot of things to come and a lot of you know ideas and we're going to keep pushing for that but We want to thank you all, you the listeners of this podcast, and you our members that have come into our gym, whether you're a current uh, or past member, you've helped us get to where we wanted to be. You've helped us achieve our dream. And we've still got big dreams, so we still need your help. But thank you. And if if you're new to all of this, please go back and, and look at some of our blog posts on our website or go back and listen to some of the early episodes of the podcast or better yet just send us a message how can i get started even if even if you don't live in greenville how can i get started what can i do how can i become a coach how can i become a member we want to help and that's what we're setting up to do that's what that's why we do this podcast for free that's why everything that we do is through the philosophy of education Here's to another four years.